Welcome to Coach Club Africa, the home of heroes without the headlines. I'm your host, Danny Den Hartog, coach of coaches and co-founder of Coach Africa. Coach Club Africa is the podcast that promotes and nurtures coaching made in Africa. This is a community of African coaches and leaders with one thing in common, the desire to grow their impact, influence and income so that this powerful intervention called coaching scales across a bold new Africa. Join the community by hitting the subscribe button and watch those episodes coming to your feed as soon as they are available. And in the meantime, come on over and follow me on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn at Danny Den Hartog. Welcome to Coach Club Africa, the home of heroes without the headlines. I'm your host, Danny Den Hartog, founder of Coach Africa and coach of coaches. In today's solo episode, I want to share a little bit about my personal story so you have an idea of who you're listening to and what to expect from this podcast moving forward. Let me start by saying that I actually only recently discovered that I cannot really take credit for all that I've achieved in my life. Now, let me explain why am I saying this. I used to live in Hong Kong and I recall flying back to visit friends and family in the Netherlands. I recall how flying in would take me about 12 hours, but on occasion with a little bit of tailwind, we would actually end up saving up to a full hour one way. So one way would take us 12 hours and on the way back, it would only be 11 hours. Now that was because of that tailwind. And I actually have felt that I enjoyed a tailwind for most of my life. I recently read a book written by a prominent Dutch journalist called Loris Joris Luyendijk. And in his book, he describes how he ticks all the boxes. He has at least one highly educated and or wealthy parent. He has at least one parent which is born in the Netherlands. He is a man. He is straight. He is white. He has a pre-university education and he went to university. So all these seven boxes are ticked. Now, I will not share in this podcast my full life story, but bottom line is that I simply look like Joris Luyendijk. And people that look like him and me in this world unfortunately have an unfair advantage over others from other countries, simply because we have these seven things in common. Let me give you another illustration. A recent study found that there are more male CEOs with the name of Peter in the Netherlands Then there are women CEOs. I mean, (laughs) there are more CEOs with the name of Peter than there are women CEOs. I mean, how crazy is that? And what I love to see is that so many women actually protested against that and changed their name to Peter on LinkedIn, uh, which was a great, um, great thing to, to be doing. But it's, uh, it's, it's crazy that that is today's reality. That seems to be today's reality. And, you know, if you look at me, I cannot be discriminated against. Uh, and I've never needed to adapt to anything in my life because typically everybody uh, always would adapt to me. To newcomers in the Netherlands, we say people have to integrate in Dutch society. But we re- what we really mean to say is that they need to adapt to our values and norms. I also happen to have the most prestigious education in the country. Uh, So I cannot get caught on that either. I cannot really know what vulnerability feels like. At the end of the day, the system is working for me and not against me. And because of the factors I described, 
I've enjoyed all the tailwind and uh, this has led me to make it relatively far in society. And just only recently, uh, I've been humbled to realize that it is not only because of my hard work that I've been achieving the things that I've achieved, but for a large uh, degree, it has actually been these seven factors that I've been speaking about and that Jura shared in his, in his book. And to me, that uh, almost feels like I've been cheating, right? Um, imagine that, uh, that, you know, you subs- are subscribing to the race called life. And my starting point was basically halfway meaning I'm already halfway uh, ahead from all the other runners. And in addition, and not only that, but I get more drinks along the way, uh, whereas other runners are being thrown all kinds of obstacles in, order t- in, their, uh, in their own race. Now, in hindsight, there's also a number of experiences that come to mind when illustrating the tailwind. So, for example, I remember when I was traveling in China, um, I really used to enjoy uh, random people taking pictures with me. Um, <laughs> Yeah, obviously, just because I was white and I look different, but uh, but that feels differently now. I also have had the experience, and I'm sure a lot of um, if you're Dutch or from the West and you have traveled to Africa, you have experienced that kids are coming to welcome you and uh, wave at you when you're touring around. Now, um, the first time that I was in Africa, I kind of enjoyed that, um, but during the last visit, I asked myself the question. Would we in the West uh, return a favor, right? Would uh, Dutch kids wave at you if you're from Africa and you, um, you know, you tour around in the Netherlands? Uh, most likely not. And uh, I'm at least happy that my colleague recently had a positive experience visiting the Netherlands. But um, there's a lot of people that feel far from welcome in our country. Also, I, uh, I've always enjoyed feeling that it was so good to be on holidays uh, and have to spend so little money because uh, the fact that I earned in euros, right? Or <laughs> in the old days, I was lending in euros, at least from the government. So my spending powers was always good when I was in, uh, in developing countries. Now, obviously, the opposite is also true, that it's ridiculously expensive if you're a tourist in the Netherlands, if you're from an emerging market. Now, and lastly, how convenient it was to speak English everywhere, even though it's not our mother tongue, but uh, it is special that everybody speaks, you know, English and uh, that it's so convenient in that sense. And I even met some people that made an effort to study Dutch, which was, uh, which actually was incredible. But um, the flip side of the coin is that there's also such a thing as headwind. And most of you will probably recognize a situation where you had to work twice as hard to get to the same place as everybody else. And in one of the next episodes, my business partner at Coach Africa, Nora Boaya, talks about her having to overcome a number of hurdles to win a coaching contract simply because she was African. And uh, the first time I heard that story, I was just extremely shocked about it and that's just the reality of um of the world that we're living in and when we look at brand africa this has probably been the most mismanaged brand in the world because it has been managed by outsiders with ulterior motives and because the current brand equity of brand africa is small most the most of you will have to run harder and faster than citizens of country brands like brand america or brand holland So one of the things that I uh, see myself doing through this podcast is I really think that we need more African voices out there in the world. 
the world needs to buy more products and services from Africa. And Africa needs to have more visible, strong global brands and ambassadors, basically, that advocate all the beauty that is on the continent. So I more see myself as a catalyst for enabling powerful African voices to reach a global audience. I remember doing my master's thesis in the university, uh, in the Erasmus University, and the topic of my thesis was country branding of the Netherlands, where I developed a measurement instrument for measuring the strength of brand Holland. Now, which was a tremendous opportunity, by the way. Uh, One of the things that I learned through my research was that positive personal interactions were the best predictor for significant change in a country brand, right? So people that had positive experiences in interacting with someone from, let's say, country X. So after um, having engaged with someone from country X, they would have a significantly more favorable image of country X versus than they had before, right? And versus their peers that had not interacted with somebody from country X. Now, the beauty here was they didn't really need to know much about country X. And that is actually what gives me hope in terms of um, and confidence that we can really turn things around when we talk about limiting beliefs or an overall poor brand equity of brand Africa. So when we talk about coaching, I think that's a great way to interact on a very deep and profound level and where we can um, make change happen. So don't, don't you have the experience that when you coach or when you're being coached or even when you're having a very deep conversation with, uh, with, with friends or family that, uh, or people from a different country that all layers of culture, religion, uh, color of our skin, they all fade away. They don't really matter when we connect at that deeper level and when we realize that we are all human and we are all connected. And I guess that's also really the, the, the beauty about the African spirit of Ubuntu. So let, let's talk a little bit about why I founded Coach Africa. And I vividly recall my first visit to Uganda about seven years or so ago. At that time, I was in charge of a solar crowdfunding platform and I've had the privilege of visiting local families in rural areas to see the life-changing impact solar had on their livelihoods. And I recall three things. First one, um, at night back in Kampala, um, I asked the receptionist if it was safe for me to venture out alone for a drink. <laughs> and I remember she laughed at me and she told me bluntly that this was really one of the safest places in Africa and I really shouldn't worry about that. Uh, so I, I really felt pretty stupid, actually. And I also re- recall contracting the services of a driver. And when talking with the driver, I found out that he had a, di- a double master degree. He was really well-mannered and he was highly educated, very ambitious. Uh, but he also said to me that there were no jobs out there for him. And he tried to apply for some admin jobs, which were all well below his capabilities. But even their competition was very intense. So he had to to just drive a car in order to make a living and um, cater for his for his family. The third thing that I uh, recall is, I recall seeing all this entrepreneurial activity everywhere, that hustle and that bustle, the positive drive, the mindset and the can-do mentality, which was so, so different from what I had been expecting. So I guess these three things taught me that I had very strong limiting beliefs about what Africa looked like and what the reality on the ground was. And I guess decades of NGO propaganda uh, had brainwashed me to make believe that Africa was poor and probably a bit unsafe for me to venture out. 
So I realized that if I had these strong stereotypes as a global citizen, let alone what my countrymen or women had uh, that were less exposed, and that planted a seed inside of my head, that that seed was that the world needed to know of all the excellence around on the continent. So fast forward five years later in August 2019, just before COVID hit, I decided to quit a well-paying interim job and focus focus fully on what is now Coach Africa. And the Coach Africa story itself is a great story to share, but the very short version of it is that after I started Coach Africa based in Europe as a platform where I initially wanted to connect Africa's leading coaches to Western clients, I actually found that my current business partner, Dr. Nora Boya, had started Coach Africa Limited in 2006, so 13 years earlier, as one of the first professional coaching businesses in East Africa. And I remember very well when reaching out to Nora, I was actually a little bit nervous about how my initiative to launch a Coach Africa brand would actually be perceived since they already had been in existence for 13 years prior to that. There was no way for me to really see that they existed or at least uh, they hardly had any online presence. So it wasn't really weird that I didn't know about their existence, but still I really felt, um, I felt a little bit like an imposter. And I cannot deny that there was some resistance within the Coach Africa Limited organization. But um, with Nora, we immediately felt a great mission alignment and we decided to work together. We joined forces, we rebranded, and now have a global business, Nurturing African Excellence, where we also worked together to launch uh, Coach Africa Academy, which is a coaching skills academy, where we basically train and educate uh, new generations of coaches. And we also work together on different pillars of our business. Now, my own belief in the power of coaching as an intervention comes from uh, a personal encounter in coaching. So uh, I had an amazing Italian coach and uh, I was amazed what insights she could give me in a 30-minute WhatsApp call. I always left the conversation empowered and committed to renewed action. One of the things she has helped me with is was to get rid of the imposter syndrome. Until that moment, I never considered myself really an entrepreneur and I never imagined I would be having a viable business idea, would be generating a viable business idea. My belief had always been that I uh, I had to come up with something super innovative or something really uh, exciting. Like, for example, I used to work for uh, as an interim job for a company manufacturing a sleep robot that helped people to fall asleep easier. I mean, that's a ridiculously innovative product, but I always believed that I had to come up with something like that. But through experience in the startup scene, I've actually come to realize that it's often better to have an idea that already exists because that means that there's more likely going to be a market for it. It's often in the innovation on existing concepts or catering to a different audience where the market fits and the opportunity is. So my coach has been instrumental in guiding me through quitting a well-paying interim job to investing all of my savings into the Coach Africa business. And I started my own business literally a day before my second boy, uh, Dalian, was born. So it, <laughs> for old parents out there, it wasn't the best of timings, but um, it was absolutely a new uh, baby being born. So one of the things that makes me very bullish about this space is that it really has tremendous potential. Let's look at the Netherlands. The Netherlands counted in 2021 with the Chamber of Commerce, there were 90 6,264 professional coaches being registered, 
right? Which is 0.56% of the population. So 96,000 plus professional coaches. Now, Africa is projected to have 1.68 billion people by 2030. Now, if we use the coach per capita ratio, which I've just (laughs) invented, I'm not sure if that is there, but of the Netherlands, there's an opportunity for 9,408,000 coaches in Africa to make a living from coaching, right? So um, if Coach Africa can touch the lives of 5 million of these these coaches, uh, uh, either through partnerships or directly, um, I mean, that would be usually exciting. And I think the the leadership on the continent, like great leaders need great coaches. You cannot be a great leader if you, if you don't have a coach, right? Because we all have these inner villains. So equipping yourself as a leader, as a coach with critical coaching or business skills is just going to be really essential. And why would I call this podcast Coach Club Africa? It's really because... It's more than a podcast. I, I hope we can make this in, turn this into a community. And I hope that we can grow coaching or access to coaching together. And I call Coach Club Africa the home of heroes without the headlines for a reason. Because uh, coaches are not always celebrated, nor do we give ourselves a pat on the back for the work we, uh, we basically do. And I felt that there was a room where we are able to share our passion for coaching freely while we're also working on our business. And the truth is most coaches are artists, but we are not necessarily entrepreneurs. And I envision this to be a place where we not only celebrate coaching made in Africa, but we also work on our businesses in order to make a mark on the world and where we take a moment to be grateful for the work that we get to do and we are chosen to do where it's okay to be the hero in our stories, where we don't always have to be the guide for others, but we can also be the hero in our own stories, where we work on writing the next chapter in our own stories, in our own businesses, right? We are so often the guide in other people's lives. Now let's be guided. Let's collectively celebrate you, the unnamed hero behind some of the greatest accomplishments of mankind. I also want to celebrate through this podcast the next generation of leaders, leaders that think differently about what leadership is and what influence means. Leaders that are interested to master coaching as an intervention to build more effective teams, to improve communication with their staff and to enhance organizational performance. If you would tune in every week, I can promise you that you will increase your desire to want to improve to stand out, to grow your impact, influence, and income with the ultimate aim to touch more lives and break out of feeling like you're the best kept secret because that sucks. I'm excited to be bringing you guests that are Africa's change makers and we'll talk about topics like transformational stories of coaching, local, unique African approaches and models to coaching, mindset and success rituals, growth strategies and trade secrets, challenges and opportunities and personal branding stories and much, much more. So let me leave you with one truth, which I learned from my mentor, Vuzi Tembekwayo. Consistency and discipline are between the life that you have right now and the life that you want. Let's get out there and make things happen. Welcome, unsung hero, to Coach Club Africa. And let's grow coaching in Africa together. If you found value in this episode, I hope you did. Please hit the follow button so that you will see new episodes coming to your feed as soon as they are available. And I would love to connect with you on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. Just connect with me on Danny Den Hartog. And I look forward to serving you through the next episodes. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Coach Club Africa. 
I trust we have inspired you today. Please follow this podcast so you will not miss out on future episodes. And do share the podcast with other coaches and leaders and leave us a review. This podcast is powered by Coach Africa, the one-stop shop for coaching in Africa. Coach Africa transforms bold dreams into reality as you step into your journey to being an exceptional coach or leader. If you would like to learn how Coach Africa can support you on your coaching or leadership journey, please visit coachafrica.org or send me a direct message through LinkedIn, Facebook or Instagram.